Welcome to episode 18 of 1530. Today we're going to be talking about grass. Wimbledon is going on currently. We're going to discuss what does it take to win matches at Wimbledon. What different strategy and tactics and what statistics matter the most. We'll also cover who's still in uh, Wimbledon and who has the best odds to take home the trophy. It's been interesting with some of the big servers aren't doing as well as in years past. And some of the young guns are disappointed a little bit, but we'll get into those things as well and see which of the big three is playing the best and has the, the best odds of taking home the trophy. Welcome to 1530. Now introducing your hosts, Ben and Matt. Matt, why don't you start us off with the stat of the day? All right. 84%. That's our stat. That's the average for serve points one by Fed, Joke, and Nadal during the round of 16 matches uh, on Manic Monday. So everybody played on Manic Monday. That's why they call it Manic. Uh, that's really high. 84% of your first serve points won. If, uh, <laughs> if your opponent's not breaking into your serve at all like that, uh, you're going to have a tough time beating them. So the big three again, playing solid, solid tennis, especially on their serve. So uh, Fed had the highest. He was at 88%. And that's super high. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's such a big difference. If you remember when we were looking back at Clay, and a lot of people maybe were in their 60s or maybe 70s if they were doing really good. But in the high 80s, mid 80s, that's just insane. Like like you're saying, you're not going to get broken. And you're just going to put more and more pressure on the opponent's serve. So that's that's amazing. The big three are playing great tennis. It'll be interesting to see which one of them come through. But speaking of, of holding serve easily and having a very um, high first serve percentage, backing up your serve... What's happened to the big servers, Matt? Seems like they're they've struggled a lot in this Wimbledon. Yeah, they're nowhere to be found. That's a good question. We don't. I, I mean, I don't really know. Um, Query, I think, is probably the last one standing, and he has a big serve, but he has other parts of his game. I think that um, play well on grass, and so probably the reason that he's been able to make it farther than the rest of them. But yeah, everybody's gone. Anderson, um, who else? Raonic. All these big servers who who have traditionally made it far and at Wimbledon have not. So, I mean, there are arguments that the grass is playing slower than it has in the past, and so uh, making it easier to return their serves. But uh, who really knows? Maybe everybody's just getting better at returning. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. Cause like you mentioned, Anderson and Isner, they were the semifinalists last year, uh, had that epically long match, uh, Twenty, I think it's 26-24 in the fifth. Right now, this year... They've changed it where in the fifth set you'd have to have a tie break at 12 all, which I don't think there's been a match that's gone that far, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, there was one that I thought was gonna get that was gonna make it, but I think it ended at eight six. Yeah, was that the round at Chapella? That was an eight six ending. Oh, I think there was another one. Okay. So yeah, before been, that. Yeah, so there's been a few extra time matches, but not necessarily going to OT and the ultimate the tie break. So yeah, interesting. Anderson's been really solid on grass uh, last little bit. Isner can occasionally go far. Both those guys lost pretty early. Karlovich usually makes it a little bit further. Obviously older, but um, didn't see him. Raonic, like you mentioned, he was a finalist in 2016. He lost to Pella, which is a he's a grass quarter or a 
traditionally a really good clay quarter. Uh, but he's beaten Chilich and now Raonic. He beat him in the fifth set. Opelka was one that he beat, I believe it was Stan Wawrinka. 8-6 in the fifth as well. Huge serve. Um, but he had a decent amount of aces in that match, but then he promptly lost the next round. And like I said, Chilich lost to Pella. So, yeah, weird that the big servers are all out except for Sam Query, which, like you're saying, also has big ground strokes to back up his serve. And oh, I feel like uh, some of them have played each other. Opelka lost to Raonic, so you have these big servers going up against each other, knocking each other out. That's part of it, but... Uh, That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Federer even mentioned yesterday, so he was playing the Italian, Baronetti, who's 6'5", and hits a big serve. He was hitting, averaging around 130 miles an hour on his serves, but Baronetti only had three aces. And so Federer marked how weird that was. And how, even though Baronetti had nerves, because he got beaten pretty soundly, 6'1", 6'2", 6'2", usually Baronetti could have relied a little bit on his serving gotten a few aces. So Fed thought that was odd. The weather, he's been kind of uh, cooler. So the court maybe wasn't bad then. But, yeah, a lot of people complain about the court here that it's slower for some reason. Again, like you don't know if there's something to that or just if, if it's just not working out for serving this year. But... It's also not working out for the young guns. So <laughs> how many of those guys have lost and when did they lose? Yeah. Uh, all of them. And pretty yeah. much in the first round. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you got Zverev and Sisipas lost first round. Um, yeah, Felix Agar-Aliasame lost early. Fritz went out early. Team, first I think round. he lost in the first round. First round. Got Yeah, all these guys, especially Sisipas, you say he's this, uh, this mini-fed. An actual mini fed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, did not play Wimbledon this year. He's not well, playing. Which is funny because I think last year he made the round of 16 at Wimbledon. His first he went far, yeah. He went really yep. far. Uh, and it was funny. I was even reading some of the predictions that people had for for slams and or for winning Wimbledon. And most had Djokovic, some had Federer. And then there was one that I saw that said, hey, let's just go for it, CT Poss. And it's like, oh. Looking a little foolish now. I don't think that would have been a bad pick based on how the grass warm-up tournaments went. Because I think he he made it pretty far at Queens and lost to Felix, um, who he's lost to in the past. But yeah, just funny that him and Zverev, they're just I don't know, just can't quite get it done now. And none of the young guns, like you're saying, can get it done. So it's yep. back to the big three. <laughs> big three Serious now. lack of consistency. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and Stan Wawrinka, he lost in the second round to to Opoka. So we we really don't have anybody except for really Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. I guess who else is in the round of 16? We have Goffin. He beat Verdasco, so Goffin will go up against Djokovic. We have Federer will play against Ori, who came out over Kukushkin. And Sam Query beat Tennis uh, Andergren, and he'll face Nadal next. And then the only non-big four or big three uh, quarterfinal will be Arbatista Agut versus – who's he playing? Playing somebody. I think he's favored to win that one, so I'll get back to you on who he's playing there. But Oh, yeah, Pella. He's playing Pella, who beat Ronich. That's right, yeah. So there you go. So interesting. Don't know, again, why the young guns couldn't step up, but we'll just have to enjoy the big three. Doing some dominating. So, so we'll go into next. Who's who the favorite tournament? So this is based on tennisstatistics.com. They use pretty much based on the ELO ratings. 
and it's surface specific. Djokovic right now is the first favorite to win Wimbledon at 43%. Sounds pretty high, but honestly, probably about right. Djokovic has been on a tear on grass ever since he won it in 2011. He has a better win percentage at Wimbledon than everybody, including eight-time winner Roger Federer. So he won it last year. He's playing really good tennis right now. He just seems like he's really tough to beat. Even those couple years that Fed made the final in 2014 and 15, Djokovic just like edged him out in both of those matches. Yeah, Djokovic is definitely the favorite. Uh, I think it's interesting, and just one concern I have for Djokovic is uh, every now and then he just has some mental errors. He dropped a set to Arcots, which um, – I mean, one set and a whole tournament in the first week of a tournament, not a big deal. But if you take the stats just from that set, um, he wasn't serving as well and wasn't taking advantage of the break points he had. Uh, Urquhart's beat him out in winners and also had fewer unforced errors than, than Joke did in that set. And uh, Urquhart's won in a tiebreaker, so it's not like it was some, a crazy mental break. Um, but even in his first round, when he played Cole Schreiber, he was up for love in the first set um, and let Cole Schreiber back into the set. Cole Schreiber was able to break back, uh, hold pretty easily, and threatened him again on a couple of joke serve, uh, serving games. And so uh, you get into a point now, especially with the, you know, the, the roughness of the court, uh, with the grass being gone a little bit, Things can happen, and so if you have those mental errors against Gofan or even you know against one of the big three, a little bit more of a concern. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Like I said, it's Djokovic. You know, he had one set of, of mental errors. I'm sure, the rest of it obviously he played well, so I'm sure he'll do fine. But it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that clean slate and make it to the finals. Yeah, and Djokovic is one that's interesting, right? For the big three, you know, for me, playing well. To me, Feder, right? He's Mr. Efficient, um, winning the points pretty quickly. Doesn't make a ton of errors, right? Goes to net, so he's pretty efficient, and he ends the point pretty fast. Nadal fights for every point, right? These are kind of their strengths. The Djokovic, to me, uh, obviously, combination of of those, he's got a decent serve, great best return in the game. But to me, he's more like a American. He he's playing really badly. And he'll be battling and battling and battling in certain rounds. But he's just so good. He'll come out on top. He'll eventually find that consistency. So, and I think we've seen it where he can kind of struggle early in the major. But then by the time he meets Federer and Nadal, he's playing his best tennis. He peaks at the right time. So, like you're saying, if he does that against against Federer or Nadal, could lead to some problems, especially his win percent on second serve that you have right up here is 29%. That's that's significantly uh, low, especially when you compare it to his average, especially when he won Wimbledon, close to 55%, basically. So obviously significantly lower. That's one of the opportunities to attack that second serve. But again, I mean, we'll see. But I wouldn't expect him to play at that low of a level against Federer or Nadal. But if they do, they could give them an opening. Sure. Agreed. Uh, and we kind of already talked about um, like the courts being worn down. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll transition a little bit into – well, wait. I didn't even finish talking about who was the next favorite. So the first favorite, 43%. Sorry, we'll back up. Ed's the second favorite, 25%, which I think is probably right on because 
eight-time Wimbledon champion. Nadal's pretty close at 24%. I think that's due to the, the closeness of their ELO. And then what surprised me it was that RBA or Arbatista uh, Agut is the fourth favorite to win the tournament at 5%. And at first I saw this and I was like, that doesn't make sense. This Shakur has a higher ELO. He's still in it. Query has made it pretty far to Wimbledon in Wimbledon. Uh, Goffin's the Halle finalist this year, 2019, and he plays really good on grass. But after thinking about it, it makes makes pretty good sense, right? Uh, RBA is not going to be playing a member of the big three until the semis. So he's not playing one of the quarterfinals because he's playing Pella in the quarterfinals. And he has a better ELO than Pella. He has like a 74 uh, to beat Pella. So this alone gives him a leg up over the others. Like Shikori has to play Federer in the quarterfinals. Goffin has to play Djokovic. And query that has to find a doll. So it does make sense that he's the fourth favorite at only five percent. So this is a tournament for the big three to lose for sure. This is this is there. But Matt, let's just go more generally. How how do we go about win, winning a Wimbledon title and playing on grass specifically? What tactics and patterns and stats to you, I guess, matter the most? I think it helps if your name's Federer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but outside that, um, I think it goes back to that first serve. Um, we had that side of the day where the big three are winning their first serve uh, a lot. And so if you can keep the pressure on it, that plays a huge role. So if you can get your first serve in and get that point, uh, obviously plays a huge role. Uh, I would go back to winning break points. Obviously, that's always a big one. Mm-hmm and just playing a clean game, having fewer unforced errors and keeping it clean. I don't yeah. know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the serve. Like if I have to pick somebody that, like my uh, a prototype person to, to win Wimbledon, I would pick number one, a good server, right? Like you're saying, sure. you back up that first serve. You can win a lot of free points on the grass and you don't necessarily have to go for speed. The slice serve is really effective. Um, sliding out in the court and Federer, of course, like you, like you mentioned, he has the, the best game, I think, that's suited for grass, the attacking style tennis. Um, also, even if even if the player normally plays a little bit more spin, such as Nadal on clay or hard court, uh, on grass you really want to flatten it out because the, the spin is a little bit less pronounced. It stays lower. It isn't as effective. But if you flatten out the strokes, it kind of penetrates the court better. So Nadal's done a really good job this year, especially when I've, I've watched him. His backhand is extremely flattened out. He's hitting outright winners from that side, um, or he's even coming in and approaching behind that. And I think usually he spins that in a lot, but right now it's a really flat, really powerful stroke. So that to me is pretty good for Nadal for his odds. Um, also, what I would say is the grass, um, there it can, it can take some weird bounces at times, right? So you need to shorten the backswing which is why someone like Kyrgios can play really well on the grass. He has a pretty short, especially backhand backswing. That's really nice. Variety is also key. Having a good slice. Slice is really effective because it stays low. So Federer, it was interesting watching him play Berrettini. Over half of his returns were slice returns, and it was really bothering Berrettini. He wasn't able to get into rhythm. So having a good slice. Djokovic has developed a good slice over the years. Nadal has a good slice. These are good tools someone to be successful on grass and also just to be, like I said, to be able to 
to react to a bad bounce, right? Someone like Djokovic, good reaction time. Federer having the variety. You just have to be kind of ready for anything. And as the courts, as the, the tournament progresses, the courts really worn, they wear down. This is, I think, why Nadal has been more susceptible first week to be, to be upset. But then if he makes it through to the second week, he can play pretty well. He can make the final or make the semis. So I, I expect Nadal to make the semis if he can get past Tricky Query to play Feder in the semis because um, it plays a little bit more like a clay court, honestly, like on the baseline. It can it can kick up a little bit more. Um, you can move a little bit better. You're not slipping around. So it's been interesting, like I said, watching clay quarters, Pella and Barantini play really well on grass this year. I think Barantini, he won Stuttgart, and he made it round of 16 here at Wimbledon. Pella's beaten, like we said, Raonic and Chilich. So pretty amazing these clay quarters have been able to adapt their game. Um. And like I said, yeah, the slice and the drop shot. So, yeah, a lot of different things. But like you said, I think you nailed the stat. First serve, first serve points one, and then net points to, uh, to maybe a lesser extent. But I think, I think those two things are going get to you, get you the win. If, if, both, if both players are, have about the same first serve points and they're really well on the first serve, then it's second serve points one. And then tie breaks. Who's better in the tie breaks? Who's better in those clutch situations? And Federer has been the best tie break player. I think we mentioned that a couple of years ago, which really helps him on grass because he's able to able to rely on his good good tie break play. Okay. One one possible concern is uh, Rafa's first serve percentage. Not super great. Uh, I think he was in his in the fifties uh, in his last match on Monday. But uh, yeah, 57% first serve percentage. Uh, obviously, he won 86% of those, so that's high. But um, yeah, you got to be able to get him in to get to to play him. So the other guys, the other big members of the big three, have a higher first serve percentage. Rafa's a little bit lower, and he was lower in his previous some of his previous matches too. I remember seeing. So huh. hopefully, he can get that up if he wants to. Yeah, which is interesting because on clay, he, uh, he had extremely high percentages. Of course, I think he takes a little bit off and puts a little bit more spin. So I don't know if he's going for more aces or going for more speed. But yeah, like you're saying, having a good, have a high percentage and you're putting less pressure on your second serve is huge. So do you want to cover, let's see, some of the stats getting into, we can just go through the round of 16 matches. Look at what Nadal, he played uh, Sosa. Let's see. So you kind of already talked about the first serve, but the again can't emphasize enough. Win percent on first serve, eighty-six percent for Nadal. Amazing. To Sosa's fifty-six percent. So Sosa struggling to win points in comparison on his first serve Nadal easily, and then even when he did get it on the second serve, almost seventy percent, sixty-nine percent there. So, and then Nadal interestingly came to net just as many times as Sosa, nineteen times, winning sixteen of those points, which is incredible. And then break points decide the match pretty much six of eight at all. So not too much to say comparatively because he just dominated so much. But based on those numbers, he's playing good enough to to win. Let's let's compare these numbers to how Nadal played um, in 2010, the last time he won Wimbledon. So let's see here if I can pull that up on the side. So Nadal. We mentioned 86% for first serve. Nadal, 
actually is 78% when he won it the last time. So he's actually above that benchmark. So I think he's, if he's in the high 70s, low 80s, that's a good sign. His first serve percent, like you were mentioning, is 10% higher. So he does need to get that up if he's going to he's gonna win it the same way he did in 2010. So 57% versus 69% is what he had. And the second serve points won, he actually did better um, against Sosa. 69% versus 62% what he had in 2010. Um, he saved all his break points. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so honestly, he's... He's right on track. If he just approves that, that first serve and plays exactly like he did against Sosa, he he's playing the same way that he should be able to win against 2010. But again, in 2010, he didn't have to have to play Federer. I don't believe Djokovic, so we'll see if he meets up against someone better. But if he's playing against Query or Batista Gur or anyone else, he's playing good enough tennis to win. So let's uh, let's go down. And did you have any more comments about Nadal? No, that's it. That's great. Right. Let's go Federer. So Federer had a, an excellent match against Barantini. Let's also pull up his stats on the side here. So Fed, we mentioned 88% win percent on first serve, which is amazing. Um, on Wimbledon, the last time he won it, 2017, he won 82%. So again, higher than that. So 80. So Fed... He relies a little bit even more than Nadal, right? He, which makes sense, protecting that serve. Uh, second serve, one percent. He had sixty-eight percent against against his opponent in twenty seventeen. His was sixty-seven percent, so right on track, pretty much the same. And then he saved. Uh, he won break point six of seven. So that's even more. That's eighty-six percent versus the forty-one percent that he had. In 2017. So yeah, service-wise, he looks he looks right on track here. Aces, he yeah. had five. Back then, he had 13%. Aces, I guess that's in a percent, not a number. So yeah, maybe usually a little bit more high aces. But again, this the courts this year, maybe you'll have to find a little bit of a better, a different way to win because there's not as many aces to be had on the courts this year. So he might just have to be a little bit more, more tactical, serving, doing the wide serve. Slice serve, get him out of the court, and then come to net, finish the point in the in the open court. So yeah, pretty again, these are pretty dominant numbers to compare. The I mean, Feder is this match is over in like an hour and twenty minutes. And yep. he won 80 points, 79 points to to his opponent's 40. So pretty dominant performance. Yeah, I mean the big three all put on a clinic. Yeah. He really did. And, and I thought this was going to be a trickier match for Federer. This guy's a big serve. He's played really well in grass, but nerves kind of got the best of him, and Federer's had a big game. Kind of the two combinations you don't want to have. All right, so for Novak Djokovic, he played um, Humbert, the Frenchman. Yeah, and he only had three aces, which is getting small. Not that Djokovic's a huge ace player, but you can see a few more than that. First serve in the 70%. So he won last Wimbledon last year in 2018. His first year percent was, a, uh, was about the same, 71%. So he's right on target. Win percent on the first serve. He was the lowest out of the big three, 78%. And when he won it last year, he had 81%. So get that up a little bit, but he's close. Win percent on second serve was amazing, 80%. Higher than his first serve, that's, that's unheard of. Uh, 
He, that did not happen in 2018. He averaged 55%, which is still a great number. Uh, break points won. He won 56%. 2018, when he last won Wimbledon, he won 30, 37%, 38%. A little bit less. And then overall, yeah, very clean match. Um, plus 11 net winners to unforced errors. Again, kind of not a lot to say because the numbers are just so so perfect. Yeah, something that is interesting though is Fed played the cleanest game. If you look and if you compare the big threes and forced errors, Fed had just five, Rafa had ten, and uh, Joke had fourteen. Kind of a incremental increase here. But I mean, yeah, usually you would say, well, fourteen errors. That's not that's not bad, especially considering his opponent had thirty four. Right. But I mean, compared to Fed, that's ten or nine more unforced errors. And so, yeah, I don't know. Joke's probably being a little bit more aggressive. He had more break chances. Um, but a little bit a little bit messier of a game if you go by just that. Sure, that's a, that's um, a good point. Um, and then I've been neglecting return points, but um, Humbert only won 38%. On his second serve, so Joke was really attacking that. So that means he won 62% of points won on Humbert's second serve, and then first serve looks like he was at the at the 35% mark, winning 35% of Humbert's serve. So that's let's compare that to his 2018 Wimbledon run. So what did I say? 35%, which is exactly what he won in 2018, and then second serve he won 55%. He did better than that at uh, 62%. So. Again, Djokovic, his his strength is the return game, and he did that again against Umber. So, right. see how Goffin can can perform. Um, let's see Nishikori. So this is, I think, where Nishikori. I just don't see him ever really doing that well on on grass because he only won sixty six percent of his first serve. Which on clay, again, that wouldn't be a problem, but on grass, it's that's not going to get it done if your opponent's winning eighty percent. Um. Yeah, so Nishikori, 66%. He's never won Wimbledon, so I'm not going to compare characteristic um, formula or statistics with him because we don't know what, if he needs to adapt his game to win on grass. But, yep, so 66%, which in my opinion is too low. 61% on second serve, which is excellent. Um, came to net 24 times and won 17 for a 71% net points, which is great. Uh, and ultimately it came down to break points because this match was actually closer than it seems especially when you look at the uh points one and winners they're pretty close but he won five break points and kakushkin only won three so he had a better conversion rate 38 percent versus 27 percent they both had a lot though i mean nishi had 13 chances kakushkin had 11. yep it was That's a lot of break chances. A weird match uh, like nishikori was serving for it and kakushkin broke back and one of that it was it was that kakushkin did have 10 aces to nishikori's four but yeah, I think it's just hard because Nishikori is so reliant on the rally game because that first mm -hmm. not winning easy points. I expect Federer, despite Nishikori playing him pretty well, um, Nishikori's really only beaten him on, on clay and maybe and also on hardcore, I believe, in Miami. But I just see Federer rolling through this one. This is a different game on, on grass. And then Goffin, he's been playing some pretty great tennis, especially on grass. Verdasco was also a tricky opponent. He's he plays really well on grass as well, but I said at the at the end of last year, keep an eye on Goffin. Here he is. There, you here's his chance. 
<laughs> I'm just fun, joking. He's a fun player. He's really good. Vasco did have 18 aces, which is which is pretty great, but he still lost. So Goffin, 79% went on first serve. A lot of times we talk about Goffin's not the tall, you know, he's not short, 5'11", but he's not super tall. Doesn't have the biggest serve, but hey, he's able to back it up. 79% win percent on first serve. Second per, second serve, 48%. So he probably needs to improve that. Djokovic is going to be attacking that second serve. Um, net points, he was efficient, 72%. Break points, he won three out of 13, so not the best conversion rate, 23%, but he won just as many break points as Verdasco, three. And then he did win more receiving points overall, 37%. So that's, that's a pretty good mark for, for grass court tennis. So, yeah, it was a pretty tight match if you're looking at the numbers. But I think ultimately it, he was able to protect his serve better than Verdasco, and that and that, that showed. Goffin's a great, great player. He does have good variety as well. He played Federer in the Holly final, and it was it was two sets, but it was fairly close. Yeah, I, for a little shout out to Verdasco, shouldn't have even been there on Manic Monday. He was down two sets and a break to Evans, and I think the second or third round, and uh, came back and took it in five sets. But uh, yeah, should have lost that match. Came back and won it. That was impressive. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. And then Raonic Pella, this is this surprised me. Not necessarily that it went five, because this was two sets to love, I believe. Um, Pella came back. And in the fifth set, it was an eight-six. Raonic saved a couple match points, but he, he couldn't keep it up. Eventually he lost it. He missed a half volley. So you look at it, win percent on first serve, right where you want to be, 83%. Big server, right? You think that would benefit him? Pella was only 72%, which is more looking like a clay court number there. Um, but maybe Ranich is returning well. So you would think Ranich having less pressure on his first serve. But Pella was a little bit better in the second serve. Points won, 54% to 52%. And net points, maybe, maybe this is what got Ranich because he only won 67% net points. You usually want to be a little bit higher than that in the 70s. And Pella won 78%. So Ranich came to net 110 times and only won 74 points. And I think a lot of those were the half volleys and things that he he was just kind of missing, trickier shots being down low. But that ultimately got him. They won the same number of break points. They won – Raonic actually did win more receiving points, 33% to 28%. So, yeah, I think it probably just came down to the net because Raonic had the really good first serve percentage. And Raonic actually won nine points more overall too. So – and he had more yeah, winners. That's the worst. He had 80 winners to 57 winners, and he only had 46 unforced errors. I guess that's kind of high, but it's pretty high. But if you, but compare, I guess it was five sets, right? If you compare the the delta, that's only what is that? That's 34. 33. Yeah. 34 for plus for Pella and for for Raonic, it's what is that? 40. No, it's 30. 30 34. So it's, yeah, so it's very, so it's very cool. Again, this match was, was razor thin. But Pella got it done. He had some he did that some wicked passing shots. I will give him that when I was watching it. I, I was amazed at some of the passes he was able to execute. So I think maybe that also hurt the, the net point percentage for rounds. But yeah, didn't get it done. Big server. 33 aces. That's that is a lot of aces. Yep, that's your big serve, and that's what you're talking but about. Through five sets, 
maybe maybe we expect more, especially from Roundage, but that's that's what he got. And then query. So he beat uh, Sandigran. He had 25 aces and to 13 for Sandgren. 83% went on first serve compared to 79% for Sandgren. So again, those are pretty similar. And even second serve was exactly the same, 60%, 60%. So this match looks a little tight as well, even though it was a four-setter. I think there were a couple tie breaks in there. Uh, net points one, very similar, 71%, 69%. Break points one, here we go. Sandgren didn't win any, zero for four. Query one, one for five, 20%. Uh, so yeah, it was a that's a tight match. Both yep. both guys are good servers, so Corey ultimately got it done. We'll see if he can dictate the same way against Rafa and kind of minimize the damage of Rafa's return game. Be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a match I'm most interested in. I think Corey is probably the most competitive of any of the big three opponents, and I think he's going to put up a good fight. It'll be a good match for yeah. sure. Wear him down so that Fed can take him easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, because Fed, because uh, like I said, I expect Federer to beat Nishikori handily. And even Goffan, who's beaten Djokovic on clay, I think it was Monte Carlo. This isn't clay. Yeah. I think Djokovic is a much better grass quarter. He's very comfortable in the grass. I hope Goffan can give him a fight because he's also playing well on grass, but uh, I just think Djokovic can be too much for him to handle. So. Like you're saying, Query might be the most interesting against the big three, and then Batista Gu. We'll see if uh, if he can beat Peller, if Peller can continue his crazy run of beating really good opponents, because he's done that the last several rounds. So who do, you got, who do you got for uh, for Wimbledon? Who's your pick? Oh, I gotta say, I gotta say, Rafa's gonna do it. All right, I figured you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I ignore the stats when I answer that question. That's right. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm going better. Mainly, I would love to see him win number nine, record extending. But I also well, recognize Joke as a, a beast. Federer Djokovic finals, what I'm predicting. So we'll see yeah. what happens. It'll be interesting. I mean, for I feel like uh, we went a really long time without seeing a Rafa Fed matchup. And now we might see two back to back. Yeah, that so. would be fun because they haven't played on grass. I think since their was it since their two thousand eight final. I think so. So and Rafa's the last person to win that one in five, and that's considered why they considered the best match of all time. So sure is. We could be in for a treat. I'm excited to watch those matches. So yeah, all the men's uh, quarterfinals will be played Wednesday, and then the semifinals will all be played Friday, and then Sunday, Sunday morning you got your finals. So it'll be exciting. Grass court. Tennis is very fun, kind of a unique strategy, and the season is so short. Once once Wimbledon kind of starts, you're like, okay, got a couple weeks and it ends, and grass is gone like a poof, and you're back to a little bit of clay and then back to the hardcore swing in America. So, yep, yep. It's fun times. Yeah, let me see here. So we covered all our stats. Just want to mention um, our – you can catch us on cognitionsphere.com for our latest articles. And our music is brought to you by Kevin MacLeod with excerpts from his song, Cool Rock. And until next time, we'll see you on the court.